0: Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're doing 1960s Spartacus from director Stanley Kubrick, starring Kirk Douglas and Laurence Olivier. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching?
1: Okay. Oh, well, before I get into the what I've been watching, I just want to make one uh, big apology from a couple weeks ago. Oh,
0: wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. uh, This bothered me after I re-listened to the episode. Mm -hmm. I said that Sean Phillips had been in I, Caligula. That is not the name of the movie. The name of the movie is I, Claudius. Okay. So, Jesus. Well, Man, it, it, good good thing. I know, because, I mean, God, if you know anything about that time or or that, that actual series, you know what a blunder that was.
0: So Okay. My, I have no clue. Okay. Well, I, I know who they are, but... Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Big right. difference. Right.
1: My deepest apologies, everybody. Okay, yeah. Now,
0: um, what have you been watching? But
1: what have I been watching? I got out to the cinema, and uh, right. I got to see Don't Breathe...
0: I've heard it's good. It's quite good. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a
1: really good horror movie. Um, really scary and really uh full of you know awesome stuff. So yeah, yeah everybody should check that
0: out. My brother went with his girlfriend a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. He said it was awesome. It is. Yeah. Okay, so what have I been watching? I took a breather and watched Dumb and Dumber, the <laughs> original right. one. Okay. Uh <laughs> still funny, still yeah. stupid, man. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite comedies, I believe, and it is it is so Dumb, mm-hmm. but it's just you can't stop laughing at it's it. It's a
1: good movie. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. awesome. It's,
0: I, I like Dumb and Dumber a lot. I think it's well written yeah. and well acted. Yep. Like it is two hilarious performances from <laughs> Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. I know. Amazing stuff. Avoid the sequels, I've heard. Oh god. But god. uh yeah. watch the original, man. Right. It's good stuff. So now Let's talk about 1960s Spartacus. Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis?
1: Okay, uh, so this is, uh, this is the last entry in our sort of uh, miniature unit here on uh, world-class directors making films in a genre that are not really personal to them. Um, in this case, it's Stanley Kubrick uh, for hire um, doing 1960s Spartacus with Kirk Douglas. And the, the movie is based on Howard Fast's novel, um, about the legendary warrior Spartacus who led um, a slave uprising uh, to try to t- uh, take over Rome um, and mm-hmm. end slavery for good. Howard Fast's novel is historical fiction. There's been like a lot of stuff written about Spartacus over the right. centuries. Um, and he just took that character and took that that historical figure and, and made, uh, you know, a, an original story about it uh, based on, you know, like previous documents and things like that. But uh yeah, it's a a big sweeping epic and um you know
0: it's 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 a big studio epic. Yeah, big mm-hmm. sword and
1: sandals type
0: thing. Mhm, definitely.
1: Right. Um and there's some there's some I guess some historical context in this episode uh that we'll have to kind of just get out of the way. Um, like the, what, what's behind most of this movie is that Stanley Kubrick, I, I guess for our unit's purpose, like this is the one that we're, where, you totally don't recognize anything from the director.
0: Hardly anything. Right. Uh, there was one thing that I was in here that I was like, that's very Kubrick. Okay. Uh, what well, we can touch on it when it comes up. Okay. But yeah, I agree. It this is like, what?
1: Yeah. Even exactly. if you
0: watch his earlier films and, and even definitely his later films, Yes. like it doesn't feel like his style no. at all. These were a dime a dozen back then. That sweeping studio epic, man, mm-hmm. it, it's not Kubrick style. No, not at all. He makes epic films. Yeah, uh, in a sense, you, you can say 2001 is the most epic thing ever done. Oh yeah, absolutely. But this is not him. No, mm-hmm. and I'm glad
1: you mentioned his earlier films too, because I mean, mm-hmm. The Killing looks like Stanley Kubrick.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, Paths of
1: Glory. Paths of Glory. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's all. That's all him. Um, and in this case, like, and that's how he knew Kirk Douglas, of course, was because right, yeah. of Paths of
0: Glory. And this was Douglas's, like, passion project. This
1: was his own production company mm-hmm. and, the, and the movie that he wanted to make. Um, th- there's kind of a, a weird bit of history with this is, like, the, the screenplay was by Dalton Trumbo. Yes. And this, like, him having an on-screen credit effectively ended the blacklist. Right. Um, but there is some controversy as to because Kirk Douglas has always taken credit, personal credit for ending the back the blacklist because he was executive producer on the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, no, Dalton's getting his screen credit. Um, that That's it. And apparently in his autobiography, which came out after Dalton Trumbo and Otto Preminger both died. Yeah. Um, he he said that he tells the story about when he, um, I guess, left a note for the security guard on the studio lot saying, you know, Dalton Trumbo is welcome on the set Uh and, you know, he's going to be using his real name and that's that. And he kind of like took it upon himself to like be and he paints himself as kind of a hero in this case where there's arguments as to whether Otto Preminger was actually responsible for actually hiring Dalton Trumbo to write the script for Uh Exodus in the same year. So it's it's kind of a a weird thing that, that people still argue about. Regardless of what it, of of who you kind of side with, I mean, it, it was a cool thing for them to put Dalton Trumbo's name yeah. on this picture.
0: It was a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been going on for over 20, 25 years. Yeah, it, about something the, like that. The, the, blacklist, the blacklist. Well, it had
1: been going on for a long time.
0: So to see uh, these great screenwriters start to get credit again, yeah. really good. That's a good thing for movies. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't want people hidden. Well, yeah. What what was America afraid of? Oh, communism. Well, why don't we shut down people's voices? It's
1: so that's so how we'll
0: fight communism.
1: Absolutely what the wrongheaded. Fuck? So I know. So stupid. I, I I hate everything mm-hmm. about the 1950s with, with like everybody looks back at it. This is halcyon time. And it was such a period of like of stupidity. Yeah. You know, at every turn. Um, And and this was the, 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 the biggest example of it, like the most famous example of like people thinking that Hollywood was being taken over by communist subversives. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's
0: so stupid. <laughs> yeah. And the, the movie that just came out, Trumbo, yeah. we, we watched it for our Oscar special. Yep. It's really cool. It goes into the history of that a lot. Oh, yeah. And then that the other podcast, You Must Remember This, yep. whole unit on it. Oh, great yeah. stuff. Yes. Everybody should check out both of those things. Uh-huh. Totally. That's the writing credit there. Right. Right. Uh, but the movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So Kirk Douglas is Spartacus. Right. Uh, He's a slave. He gets bought to become a gladiator and trained mm-hmm. and eventually forms a resistance, an uprising against Rome. Oh Of yeah. uh, Gladiator Warriors yep. and Once uh, Freedom for All Slaves. That's basically the whole movie right Yeah, that's, that's his whole motivation. The whole three hours is, <laughs> that's what it's about. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> um, and the, the gladiatorial school is run by Peter Ustinov, um, mm-hmm. who is, I'll just say it right now, he's my favorite part of this movie. Okay. Um, he's amazing in it. And all the scenes that he's in, are my favorite things are, are are what I enjoy
0: the most about the movie He's pretty good and I he was nominated for an Oscar, he might have won an Oscar. He won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the movie, by the way, I think it got 11 nominations. Yeah. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. And it it won the Supporting Actor, and it won, like, you know, set design and cinematography and that stuff. And, I mean, this movie is pretty beautiful to look at for the most part. Right. There's some, you can tell, there's, like, a backdrop on a studio lot, you know, and it looks like, oh, that's some cheesy fucking (laughs) Wizard (laughs) of Oz shit right there. (laughs) But then it's also filled in with these giant, huge expansions. Expansive fields of people battling and just giant columns and, like, open scenery and forests and lakes. It's like, wow, that's some awesome, like, stuff. It is. And even the snow,
1: like... I know. It's good stuff. I know. It looks, um, if George Miller was shooting in Technicolor, yeah, some of these scenes, (laughs) these battle scenes, you know? (laughs) Totally, dude. Right. Um, And... Like and Kirk Douglas is a competent producer, and he's and he's of course we, we all know what a great actor he can be, mm-hmm. um, and he's very he's very charismatic in this role as Spartacus. Yeah. Um, and you he know he looks great by the way. He does look great. He looks like a million bucks. Looks
0: like Arnold almost. I know dude. he's all Jack. That chin and... dimple.
1: Oh man. Is that real or it is that real It is real. He, he he was born with that with that Damn. butt chin, dude. I mean, like that that is some
0: some guys have that. It looked like a moon crater. Like the <laughs> shadow was yes. so intense in a couple I know, scenes. I know. It looked like. Like he had like a black like an eyeball <laughs> implanted on his chin. <laughs>
1: right, it yep. is.
0: It's majestic. Yeah, it was black Sunday, <laughs> <I> think, dude, <laughs> on his chin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, uh, yeah. but
1: I mean, like the the Peter Ustinov in particular, like his like he plays he plays the guy who who runs a gladiatorial school and uh, uh, I Bittietus think is his, name? is his name. Um, and what, when when the uprising happens, it's when Lawrence Olivier's character. Uh, this guy, Crassus, who's a senator mm-hmm. in Rome, he comes to the gladiator school with uh, one of his uh, like uh, military commanders and yeah. two women, mm-hmm. and they are there to take in a gladiator fight and watch two people fight. Watch two gladiators die.
0: Right to celebrate their wedding or something. Yes, to yeah. some, some
1: kind of whatever they're celebrating. And it's it's very you know it's they're in, in, entitled and spoiled and they 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 want you know they they they're giving the thumbs down when you know the gladiators are going to show mercy. Uh-huh. And it's 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 shortly after this that Spartacus starts this revolt and he does so by by just like taking over this gladiator school and mm-hmm. freeing all the gladiators and you know then they just go through the countryside right, picking and, up more slaves. Yep.
0: And that's all driven because of his love for uh, Varinia. Yeah. He's played by Gene Simmons. Uh Uh-huh. And she's also a slave. She, like, works, does the kitchen and, you know, serving the food and, you know, pleasing the guests, that kind of thing. Sex with the gladiators. You know, what a woman slave would do. Of course. And uh, she and Kirk Douglas Spartacus fall in love. Yeah. There's a really good scene when she comes to have sex with him, Mm -hmm. and he's- never had a woman before because he's been a slave from birth and now this is in front of him and he's like not sure what to do even and right some of the like guards i guess hear him and make fun of him Mm -hmm. and then they take the woman from him and gene simmons actually really like like appreciates what kirk douglas was how he was behaving like not just throwing her down and ravishing her yes yes and uh I forget their exchange, but it's very good. And she falls in love kind of from there's the spark right there. Like right. there's something special about this guy. And there's a scene when she's pouring water for all the gladiators down the line. Yep. And it's really good at building this tension between the two. And she finally gets to him and there's not supposed to be talking and stuff. And like uh, he's like touches her hand and mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, it's it's really good.
1: And that scene in particular is is after the scene where he where the where the guards like laugh at him. Um, the next night, they bring her back into his cell to again like make her have sex with him, and right right when they're about to kind of get together, they pull her back and say, "No, let's give her to the Spaniard." Yep. And then the next day, when she's doing that thing, we're pouring the water for everybody. When he when he touches her hand, he just says, "Did they hurt you?" Yeah. And and she, she says just yeah. says, "You know, I mean, yeah." She kind yeah. of igni- and and she's really like grateful of the fact that you know he acknowledges that the the, the the situation she's in and she, he has enough sensitivity to understand mm-hmm. um like like what what a position she's in you know like having to live this life and and also too when when those people when when Lawrence Olivier's cadre visits the the school uh before she like she comes and like pours wine for everybody uh-huh. and she deliberately sp- uh, like pours too much wine on John Dahl. Uh-huh. And it's a pretty great moment because it's a moment of defiance, but it's also like the, the moment where Lawrence Olivier kind of like feels the spark. Yeah. He really likes Varinia. Yeah, I and mean, he's he,
0: been eyeballing her the whole time, too. Exactly. Like, yeah.
1: And he he's doing it not in the same way Spartacus is. He's doing it from a position of power and, and being a tyrant. Right. Yeah. And he wants to just have this woman as his slave, mm-hmm. even though he thinks he's in love with her.
0: Yeah. And so he ends up cutting a deal and buying her. Yes. And when... Spartacus sees her being taken away and realizes that Crassus has purchased her. Yes. He gets pissed yep. and f- starts fighting the guards, and every gladiator <laughs> starts fighting the guards. Uh-huh. And this revolt is awesome, dude. It is cool. It's so cool. I like, know. The fights in this movie are really good. I know. Uh, so the revolt's going on in the kitchen. He drowns a man in the <laughs> soup. <laughs> yep. <laughs> In this
1: porridge, like where the guy is just underneath this this like hot liquid, yeah. I mean, he's being burned from Mm -hmm. the inside out, and he's drowning at the same time. That's pretty vicious.
0: Mm -hmm. And they they're stabbing people, throwing them over. They climb the fence, and the fence falls and crushes a dude. Yeah. And the top of the fence is spiked, so they grab the fence (laughs) and have this like six feet wide spear, Uh just ramming it into guards. I know. Oh, it's so cool. I know. And they all get away and then (laughs) form a camp and all that. And I guess it shows Spartacus come back to the gladiator school because it's in ruins now and no one's there. So I guess the gladiators make it their home now. Yeah, it's like their base. And, And they've captured a few Romans and they're making Romans fight for sport. Yep. Uh, and then Spartacus gives this big speech. What are we doing? Like that makes us no better than them, yes. you know. And he rallies all the all the gladiators and says, "We're going to take Rome." Right. You know. Right. He's the leader, man. Yep. Everybody's behind him now. Yep. Uh, but also the fight to entertain Lawrence Olivier. Uh-huh. There's they pick two sets of gladiators to fight for for the wedding present or whatever. Yeah. So I thought this scene was really well done because the first pair fight and it's not Kirk Douglas. Uh, so he's sitting there mm-hmm. waiting for that fight to end. Right. And it it doesn't really even show that fight. It focuses on the two gladiators yeah. waiting yeah. their turn to kill each other. In this sort And of kind of pondering it right. and, you know, wow, I'm going to have to kill you yep. after these guys kill each other. Right. And there's nothing we can do about
1: it. Right. that's powerful. I know. Yeah.
0: It was a really good scene. And then when, uh, you know, the first fight's over, Spartacus and the other dude. Uh, Woody Strode. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he, he's he got a trident. Yeah. And a net. Yep. <laughs> and Kirk Douglas has like a sword and a little buckler shield. Uh-huh. Oh, and that their fight is so good. It's good, I it's know. It's really good, yeah. man. Really uh, well choreographed. Yeah. I know. It's great. And uh, thrilling, entertaining. Yep. Uh, from a 1960s film. I know films from then can be good. Yeah. I wasn't expecting this level of like action and choreography. Okay. Like I, I was very pleased with it, man. Right. It was good stuff.
1: I mean, I this 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 is my I think fourth time seeing this movie. Oh wow. Okay. Um so and the first time I saw it, I remember having that same reaction of, Oh my god, this is nineteen sixty and they're actually staging fights. And it's good. And it's and it's effective. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. Um and in particular that, that that the the fight between Kirk Douglas and Woody Strode where where like Woody Strode is actually good with a trident. Yeah. I mean I don't know anybody any other actor in history <laughs> who's been good with a trident, but he is. Um you know, and, and I, I yeah, this this is a really well done uh sequence.
0: And I think even before this, uh when Spartacus first gets there, he's meeting the other slaves. Yeah. And uh I think it's Woody Strode he's talking to. Mm-hmm. He asks him his name, he's like, I'm not telling yeah, you my it is name the same because guy. I'm going to have to fight you, and right. I'm going to have to kill you. Yep. And I don't want to be your friend. Right.
1: Right, which is like the, the perfect statement of the situation they're in. Yep. And, you know, it was, it's it's after this when, when Spartacus is now kind of, Spartacus and his guys have taken over uh, yeah. the, the school, and they have their own army. Um, like, Rome is starting to get reports of of this marauding band of, of like, a, a growing army that, uh-huh. that's, like, invading the countryside. Um, and then we get uh, Peter Ustinov, He's now sort of fled to Rome to to like uh, find favor with his friend Charles Mm. Lawton, who's another uh, plays Gracchus, Uh who is another Roman senator, very powerful. Uh, Charles Lawton and Lawrence Olivier are like the two most powerful senators in
0: Rome. Right, and they're at each other's throats. They hate for power. Yes, Mm -hmm.
1: and it's it's interesting because Charles Lawton and Lawrence Olivier hate each other in real life too. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. I guess on the set Peter Ustinov had to be the go between between you know, for, okay. for, the, for them all the time. He was constantly trying to diffuse their their quarrels and uh-huh. um did the best he could, but but these two these are two guys with huge egos, just like in the movie, you know. Yeah, it works so, out. It works it worked <laughs> fine. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, and um Okay, here's here's the scene I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So these new slaves, I guess, are captured and brought to Crassus, Laurence yeah. Olivier. Mm-hmm. And one of them's Tony Curtis. Yeah. Plays Antoninus. Antoninus. He's like a bard, basically. He right. sings, uh-huh. tells stories, yep. you know, does tricks. He doesn't fight, he doesn't do other stuff. Very effeminate, kind of. Yes. And so Crassus makes him like his boy toy almost. Yeah. And this is the scene I feel like is very Kubrick. It's the bathtub scene. Um, the camera is very kind of distant mm-hmm. and it's just like a single shot on them through like these like see-through drapes almost. Yes. And Laurence Olivier's in the tub and he's being oiled up by Tony Curtis and it's very sexual. <laughs> um, which, you know, Rome was of kinda course. like that. Yeah. And eventually Crassus says stuff like he's asking him all these sexually charged like questions and like double <laughs> entendre stuff. He's like, Well, Hold on, I got it here. Snails and oysters. Snails and oysters, yeah. Yes. Yep. What, and he's meaning men and women. Yes. I like both, he yes. basically says. Yes. And this is some ballsy stuff. <laughs> this, this is Kubrick stuff. That's right. And uh, he even like almost kisses Tony Curtis here once. Yeah, like, I know. It's like, wow. Yeah. They're doing this. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it's just something I didn't think would be in this movie. Well, yeah, it I'm, was great.
1: I'm so glad you brought it up because this the the snails and oysters scene, as it's come to be known, mm-hmm. um, it was not in the original 1960 release of the film. Wow. Okay. Um, and you're right about it being very Kubrickian because, like, that was the one thing that it was like, well, you you could look at it and go, this is Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. This is subversive and kind of exciting and, um, really different from everything else that's in the movie. Yep. Um, and it, you remember when. After Lawrence Olivier says to Tony Curtis, "My tastes include both snails and oysters," after uh-huh. they get out of the tub, yeah. they then go to the window, and Lawrence Olivier's drying off, and like he's making that speech about Rome, uh, and, like look at how, look how at how you should love Rome, how you should in this revere stuff. Rome, and, yeah. and you know do do everything that you should grovel at her feet. Uh huh. And then he turns around, and Antoninus has run away. Yeah. Um. When that snails and oyster scene was missing, a lot of people didn't know why Antoninus ran away. When they saw the movie, okay. they were like, "What is? Why? Why would he run away? He's a slave. He he knows he's going to get caught. The reason he ran away is because he didn't want to make love with Crassus. Uh-huh. He was going to be asked to do something he wasn't prepared to do. Yep. And it's so troubling to me that in 1960, they would have looked at that scene and said, "That's too much. Get it right. out of here. Yeah. You, know, uh, you, you can't. You can't do this. Well, obviously, if you have Lawrence Olivier." The most famous actor in the world, Mm -hmm. generally regarded as the greatest stage and screen actor in you know by many in history. Uh Um, Anything he's a part of, you got to just let you got to just let Let it happen, right? And it's a really good scene and really powerful. It's the best scene in the movie. I agree. I've watched it more (laughs) than any other. It's it's two like guys. I mean, Tony Curtis is in there like like rubbing oil on Laurence yeah. Olivier and it's it's really sensual and and it's it's pretty good and the other interesting part about that scene is the scene that we watched in this movie um when they decided to restore it in 1990 because they did a re-release in 1990 for the 30th anniversary uh-huh. they put the scene back in and unfortunately the audio was destroyed oh wow so they didn't have it anymore okay and Lawrence Olivier had died the previous year okay so they brought in Tony Curtis to re-record his dialogue, and Anthony Hopkins did Lawrence Olivier's voice. Really, he does a perfect Lawrence Olivier. I, I
0: mean, I could not tell. You
1: couldn't tell. I mean, I, I mean, apparently he was famous for that at the Old Vic Theater. He could really do a good Lawrence Olivier. Uh huh. So he just they just brought him in. Hey, you want to do this? Yeah, sure.
0: That's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and someone like Anthony Hopkins, though, like that's yes. I mean, he's almost as revered on a level as Lawrence Olivier. Yes, I absolutely. Mean, like, he's he's like the yeah. next generation of it. Yeah. Right. So. That That's very appropriate. Totally. And how cool is that? <laughs> I know, how man. How cool is this? I know. And I can see, like... All right, they took it out, but having it in there, you really get this great scene. Very great stuff to watch. Yes. It does show how Crassus is obsessed with this power he yeah, has. totally. And control of other people to do whatever he wants. Yep. And you get a sense of that kind of in the movie, especially... How he behaves towards Gene Simmons' character. Yes. Uh, but this is just a whole other level, and the acting is just phenomenal Spot on. in this scene.
1: I know. And, like you mentioned, the um, the, the, the first scene Tony Curtis is in is when all the slaves are kind of brought in, and Lawrence Olivier comes in and sees his, like, they're wearing sort of like a, a tag around their neck, like yeah. saying who they're where who they are and where they're from he says antoninus 26 singer of songs he says for for whom did you practice this wondrous talent he kind of gives his his uh-huh. you know, I, I was the, I, you know I, ta- I taught my my master's children right and so he he tells him you know i, I I'm a connoisseur of the classics, and his re- reaction he says, oh, classics indeed, you're thinking, okay, was well, he going to give him some kind of position you know like uh in the library or something yeah no, he says, you shall be my body servant mm hmm he just immediately <laughs> goes to, because he's so obsessed with power. He's got this guy who's really educated. I'm going to have sex with this dude. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's so, so, like, just a perfect, like, like picture of, like, what it means to be a tyrant. To be, yeah. you know, like like like, always keeping people under, you know, like, keeping people beneath you.
0: Right. And it's a great counterpoint from... Lawrence Olivier's character, the Kirk Douglas's character, absolutely because the way because after he runs away, he joins Spartacus's band of gladiators. That's right, and he can't fight. Yep, he can't protect himself. <laughs> right. He sings, he dances, he does tricks. Yep, and Spartacus is going to train him and realizes, what are we doing? Why are we training him? An animal can be trained to fight. Yes. This man is intelligent. That's right. I can't even read. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Why does this guy have to fight? Right. And he's realizing like how important like humanity is. And why are we fighting? Mm -hmm. This should be protected. Absolutely, and it shouldn't be wasted. Mm-hmm. And Crassus just wants to fuck him. I know, you know, that's oh all he wants God. to do. It,
1: it just you're you're the counterpoint exactly. Yeah, that, that is because Spartacus recognizes who this guy is and uh-huh. what he's capable of, and how he's like he kind of exists on a on a higher you know. And he's playing. not going to make him suit his needs. to No, fight. absolutely not. He he sees right away that this guy's not a fighter. Th- that this guy is a teacher. He he's a he he's someone who can like be of service to the rebellion in other ways. Mm-hmm. And he immediately says to him, and, and Antoninus at first rejects it. because... Because he wants to be a fighter right um but but he eventually like realizes the wisdom of spartacus and yeah okay i i should sing songs mm-hmm. I, I i should i should help in in this other way mm-hmm. um it's yeah god it, it's it's the best sequence in the movie it's really. pretty good yeah god damn
0: i know snails and oysters into yes.
1: antoninus's escape it's awesome
0: uh, yeah so good <laughs> so eventually they go they're trying to leave on a boat yeah and um, they get double crossed by someone, some pirates or something. Yeah,
1: this pirate envoy, uh, who who's representing like the, these these famous pirates who have this you know apparently gigantic fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've promised Spartacus uh, and his army like eighteen ships to to you know like see them off to their homeland.
0: Right. And before this, Kirk Douglas finds Varinia again. Yes. Uh, just somewhere. I thought it was a little bullshitty because <laughs> I was like, wait, like we haven't seen Varinia since she left the, the Gladiator school. Not yeah. once. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he finds her in a field. She just turns up. Yeah, she just kind of shows up. I don't yeah. know if they cut something else out of the movie. <laughs> right, it's entirely possible. Yeah, but I want to see that, like the toad and lizard scene. Yeah, with <laughs> and oysters. Right, whatever they got, exactly. I want to see
1: that one. Yeah, Joanna Barnes is yeah. being serviced by Gene <laughs> <by laughs> Simmons in the
0: tub. Ooh, right. No, but um, it just shows up again, and then you know they join up, fall in love. Uh-huh. You know, that's what happens. Right. Uh, two sexy people like that. <laughs> there you go. Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. So. Uh, so they're together. She's pregnant. They're gonna have a child and all this stuff. Uh huh. So they're trying to flee, and they it's a the pirates have double crossed them. Apparently, there's two armies coming from each side. Yeah. To uh, force them back to Rome. Yeah. So they and Spartacus realizes this. We go this way, we're gonna be cut off on the back and destroyed. Go yes. this way, the other army will cut us off on the back and we're destroyed. Mm-hmm. We have to go up to Rome and fight Rome.
1: And that is like it, it, it's it's kind of the opposite of what their original end game was. Was they were going to just like build this army and then escape on the coast and kind of spar, you know, like like uh, I guess feather out to 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 go wherever they they came from uh-huh. um, and kind of never be heard from again, just disappear. And mm-hmm. now they're being surrounded on all sides and. Their only recourse is to try to conquer Rome. Yeah. Um, they have an army that's big enough to do it, but it's not a bunch of trained soldiers. I mean, they, they've done what they can, but even if you ha- even if you can overwhelm with numbers, um, right. if you're going up against the Roman army, um, you're going to have- pretty
0: tough. Exactly. They do mention in the movie, like, these gladiators are trained way better than the Roman army is. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah like, that's true. They, they, one gladiator's worth two Roman yes. So- soldiers. Yes. Uh, but- their whole army isn't gladiators. No. It's people they found work in the field. That's right. And they're being trained by gladiators, but they're not gladiators. Mm -hmm, So, yeah, taking on the whole power of Rome, that's tough. It is. So they go up there and they fight them. Yep. And this is another amazing battle scene. It's the big set-piece battle scene. It looks like Birth of a Nation, dude, like (laughs) the original. I know. It's a huge, expansive field and it, I don't think it's fake. I think they actually had them out there.
1: This was in. This was shot. Uh, this is one of the things I guess was shot in Spain. Um, okay, so like, it was. They there. had these
0: thousand extras yeah. out there. Yep. Wow. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah,
1: Stanley Kubrick doing his best, like Cecil B. DeMille, yeah. with, with like big crowd control. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to film, and I mean, I I, I don't know how it's done like like how, how many how many assistant directors do you need in that situation who knows <laughs> a
0: ton yes but anyways the, the battle is really good and it's actually kind Of, like, gruesome in spots. Like, I was surprised at the violence, like, limbs get cut off and blood's like spurting out. There is stuff blood like that. in a 1960 Sword and Sandals movie, yeah, yeah. It's good, and they're, they're rolling these fire logs down yeah. a hill and just crushing Roman soldiers, right? And this is real stuff, I know. Like, people are really getting tumbled over by these giant rolling balls of fire, of course. It's in, it, like, I don't understand how they <laughs> made this. Wow, it's good stuff in 1960. You never saw that, really. Not really. No, not not like this. Not not where. Yeah, it feels I mean, you real. would see the sweeping epic, but yeah. like it looks, it is real. People really got rolled over by that shit. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, and I I I'm thinking some horses probably died.
0: Yeah, like. Yep, I th- I was thinking people got hurt too. Yeah, because yeah. I was when that fence fell on that one guy. I know. there was like three guys on the fence at the top, and they just crush them. I know. And I'm thinking that guy was a real guy, <laughs> and he just got smashed. I know by a real fence with real dudes on it. Exactly, God, right. dude. <laughs> I
1: know, um, yeah. It, it, and 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 when you're when you're seeing it for like multiple times, you can kind of like look at other things, you know, kind of like take a a closer look at some some stuff you might have missed before. And uh-huh. like, the it's it, it's weird. Like like most of the time in big battle scenes, like when you watch Braveheart, if you look close, there's some dudes not working very hard. Yeah. over in the corner, right? Yeah, like <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's really messed up to watch. <laughs> In this, I didn't see that. I didn't see it at all.
0: I didn't notice. No, yeah. everything looked great. Right. These guys, everybody, like the, the the the
1: guy in the fiftieth row, was trying just as hard <laughs> right. as Kirk Douglas was to make it look real. It was pretty good.
0: Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> and ultimately, the battle ends, and it shows the field. It's it's just littered yes. with bodies. Right. It's crazy how many corpses are here, mm-hmm. and uh, the camera is kind of just panning over all these different corpses. Yeah, men, women, children. From all sides of the armies, right. like it's Gettysburg, man. Like it, yes, everyone yes. is dead. Right. But the Romans have won. Mm-hmm. They did win the battle, and they capture whoever's left. Yep. Which is still a lot of men. I yeah. think it's like six thousand or something. Yeah, it's, they it's, captured. it's six thousand
1: of Spartacus's men.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they get captured, and there's this great scene when Crassus is just looking for Spartacus because he wants revenge on him.
1: Personal revenge.
0: Yeah. He says, "If you point out Spartacus." None of you will be crucified. Yeah. Just Spartacus. And Spartacus is getting ready to stand up. And then Tony Curtis and whoever's next to him also stand up. And they all say, I'm Spartacus. Right. And then all the other gladiators follow suit and stand up saying, I am Spartacus. Yep. It's really great.
1: Snails and oysters is the best scene in the movie. I'm Spartacus is the most famous scene in the yes, movie. Yes,
0: definitely. Um, it's been
1: like you know referenced everywhere. Um, I think there was a Pepsi commercial using this this <laughs> stuff.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, which, you know, was there a Pepsi can in this movie th- somewhere? I don't know.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Lawrence Olivier does not have a Pepsi
0: an ice cold Pepsi. <laughs> <He's shrinking laughs> Pepsi. <Right>. That shield <laughs> that Kirk Douglas has has a Pepsi logo.
1: Exactly. It's a big Pepsi logo, <laughs> <laughs> and he wings it like Captain America,
0: <laughs> yeah dude. um
1: but uh like, like this particular yeah the the and and as as everybody you know like as Tony Curtis, then John Ireland, then everybody else in in his army, his remaining army identifies themselves as Spartacus, you know mm-hmm. you see the one tear go down Kirk Douglas's cheek, yep. because he he knows he's won, um even though he's going to be crucified, he knows that, yep. that like the, the his army gets it. That yep. th- this is th- this is what we were fighting for.
0: Yep, you know, um, definitely to be
1: one person. So,
0: and then ultimately, Crassus has his wife and kid now. That's right, and wants them to identify Spartacus, and mm-hmm. she refuses. Yep, and then he is gonna crucify everyone. Right, and he notices uh, Tony Curtis is in the the army that yeah. he's captured, so he picks him out to save him for last. Yep. And this one too, and yeah. points right next to him, and it's Kirk Douglas, right? And I think he suspects that he's Spartacus. I'm pretty sure
1: he knows yeah. that this is Spartacus. I'm
0: not sure how he knows. Right. Do
1: you know? I I don't know how he knows. I I think he's just I think he's just a cagey, wise guy who, yeah. who understands. You know, like. Antoninus is probably drawn to power if if he had like a uh-huh. lead to this army, so he probably would stick by Spartacus, the mm-hmm. real guy. So he probably just says, "Oh, that's got to be him." Yep, and, and he has
0: seen him before, though, and he because he knows yeah. he's one of the four that yeah, battled. That's for right. Him.
1: That's right. He, he he was. That's right. He was mm-hmm. he was one of the gladiators. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So even though he, maybe he wasn't sure one hundred percent, he looked at him and saw this guy. There's something about this yep. guy. The way he's looking. Yep. At me and at everyone here. There's something with him and right. he looks familiar.
1: He has a twisted respect for Spartacus. Yeah. It's why he wants to identify him. And at one point, the the most chilling thing he says is, you know, uh to, to I think he says it to John uh to uh John Dahl or Charles Lawton, I want to um squash the legend of Spartacus. Yeah. You know, like like make it make it seem like this never happened because it's so dangerous. Well, that's what
0: you gotta do. Yeah. Look at these six thousand men who are killing themselves for Spartacus. That's right. You you can't just let that go.
1: No, no. Rome is going to fall if if this story gets out.
0: Yep. So, ultimately, they crucify everybody, dude. And the last two are Antoninus and Spartacus, and Tony, not Tony Curtis, Lawrence Olivier comes out, and instead of crucifying them right away, he makes them fight. Yes. The final gladiator battle. And (sighs) Spartacus tells Tony, I keep wanting to say Tony Scott, I fucking... (laughs) It is not Tony Scott. It's Ridley Curtis. Yeah. It's Ridley Curtis. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. Antoninus, he tells him, you come at me, I'll kill you quick. Yep. Don't fight, I'll kill you. Let them crucify me. And he's like, I'm not going to let you do that. Right. Out of respect for him and the cause. Yep. So they end up fighting a real fight, which doesn't last very long, Mm -hmm. but it's very powerful. It is. And- Ultimately, Spartacus kills Antoninus. That's right, and then he gets crucified. Yes. So uh, the final scene of the movie is his wife being freed by um, the other senator. Yeah, Freezer. Charles Lawton yeah.
1: um, like writes a, a, a senatorial you know order that, that this woman is is going to be able to pass, and she's able, able to leave Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, and he writes one for Peter Ustinov's character too, so that she can he yeah. can like safely spirit her out. Um, and yeah, he he then gets her out of like the city gates and she gets off the wagon and walks over to Spartacus's cross and like mm-hmm. shows him their child and tells her child, you know, this is your father. Um, and like, she doesn't, she doesn't want to like get, get everyone wise so that they know that this is Spartacus's wife, but she's yeah. kind of doing this subtly.
0: Um, yep. and I think she says Spartacus, this is your son yeah. and he's free. Yes, or something, that, yeah. Something that's like what that. It, right.
1: Uh huh. He was born free and he is a free man. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And
0: then she kind of grabs his feet and is saying, Just die. Yeah just die. Yeah. She she's trying to uh-huh. get this
1: this this like yeah. this man who is so uncompromising to just give up. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. And you wish he would too, because she, it yeah. takes a couple days to die on cross. Yep.
0: Takes a while. Right. So uh then the end that she gets carted off and uh that's the end of the movie yeah. there, man. Uh-huh. It was very good stuff, man. It's pretty
1: good. I'm really glad that you enjoyed mm-hmm. it because this is this is a it's a good movie. It's and good. It's been maligned in you know, like I mean, by by 1960 in the U.S., um, like movies had been around for a long time, and like a movie nerd culture had started to emerge somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those people who would either go on to become film critics or filmmakers kind of rejected. Uh, Spartacus, because they thought it was kind of a relic of a bygone era, mm-hmm. because they were watching like French movies. Yeah, the you know? new wave in France
0: yeah. was taking over. Exactly, I and
1: mean, you watch you watch like something from early '60s uh, France. It it looks modern. Yeah, it, it's, it's modern
0: stuff. It yeah, changed the world of totally, film, right. to what it is today.
1: Yeah, it looks like Reservoir Dogs. You yeah, know? and it's 1960. Mm-hmm. Um, so they 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 kind of rejected this, and they they didn't like um I guess the and Stanley Kubrick even. The reason he didn't want to be associated with it was because he, every time he tried to uh, like get Kirk Douglas to change Spartacus' character somewhat to, like, to like, um, humanize him a little bit more uh-huh. because they, they thought that he was too sort of super heroic, um, Kirk Douglas would, would make him even more perfect and virtuous. Okay. Um, which I, I, can, I can understand that criticism. He, he is a little too like good. He is. You know?
0: Yeah, he kind of is.
1: Um, there, there, there's no flaws in his character at all. He, he just does the right thing at all times. Um, and it's, it's not Adam Sandler, but right, know, obviously, yeah. but, but, but there is sort of a, uh, uh, a, a, a vanity project, a mild vanity project. It is. This. It was
0: really Kirk Douglas's baby. It was. And, uh, he got Kubrick to do it for him Yep, and he got Trumbo to write it, That's right. you know, it, he was the man behind the movie. He was the
1: executive producer and mm-hmm. the star, and he was like, he's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood yeah. of all time. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he was at the height of his powers. He could do whatever he wanted, um, and he wanted to do this, this what, what turned out to be a really good movie. It just that that there are some flaws to it. You know, fifty years later, we can look at it and talk
0: about. It. Yeah, there are flaws. It is a long movie. Yeah, it's a hundred and eighty-eight minutes. I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Over three hours long. Right. It probably could have been moved along a little faster. Sure. And there's probably some stuff you could have cut out of this movie. Yes. But not snails and oysters. Certainly. You don't cut not. that shit out. No,
1: no, I mean, not the best damn scene in the movie. One of the best scenes ever filmed. Yeah. You don't take that out. And you don't
0: you don't need to see the seventh camp scene oh, God. with the gladiator. You know, you don't I, need to see all that. I had stuff.
1: that in my notes. Stuff yeah. about like, you know, just things that you could have like just like I mean, yeah. Um, I, th- I think there's at least three scenes of Varinia and Spartacus and their romance. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they've been married now for a little while. <laughs> at, at one point, she's bathing, and he just comes yeah, up on he her. Yeah, he spooks her. He spooks her a little bit, and she's singing the song that, that Antoninus had been singing uh-huh. uh, in the previous scene. And another time where, where they're just talking about like uh, what happens if Spartacus dies... It, it's a lot of stuff that you absolutely don't need.
0: Yep. And there's one scene when they're laying in a meadow. Yes. And yes. Like they, they kiss like 69 style. Their faces are like upside down <laughs> and they're rolling around they're doing a 69 French kiss. <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> I know. I,
1: I go, what? <laughs> you see, Kirk Douglas's crew cut just comes smashing down on this lady and you're like, whoa, <laughs> 1960. <laughs> But yeah,
0: yeah, overall pretty good. <laughs>
1: um, is there anything else
0: you wanted to talk about?
1: I mean, I guess uh, it's cool that in the end, when Antoninus and Spartacus are having their fight, you know, for for Crassus, mm-hmm. this is a counterpoint to you know the captured Varinia, who is now uh, Crassus, in Crassus's clutches. Mm-hmm. He is trying to make a wife out of her. Yeah, and he he's having a dinner scene with her in his quarters. And he's giving her like, um, he's, he's like offering her food and she's, she's being very docile and kind of subservient to him. And mm-hmm. he's kind of laugh, laughing it off going, no, I, 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 I want, I, I'm inviting you. I'm not commanding you here. Right. And then she kind of gives him some lip and you're like, "Uh oh, yeah. And he comes back with something of like, you know, well, maybe I could just, you know, uh, take out your kid or whatever. And yeah. she stands up to him and says, you expect to win my love by threatening to kill my child. So in the end, it's, yeah, it's it's really cool that that like Varinia is shown to be like really heroic and strong, like Spartacus is. Yeah, her scene with Lawrence Olivier, Gene Simmons, and Lawrence Olivier are both excellent in this scene. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, I guess we can just say it overall: the the acting in this movie, almost across the board, is is as yeah. good as you're gonna get.
0: Pretty much everyone here does a really good job,
1: and, and it's world class people. Every one of them.
0: Yep, and a 1960s film can have a style of acting that seems very dated. Yes. And not realistic, even. Absolutely. Um, Like, the method form of acting was gaining ground around here, and even before a little, but... Oh, yeah. There was still this old, very, like, wooden right t- type of acting going on right. and this movie doesn't really have that
1: no like you said Streetcar had already happened yeah you know so the method was was gaining traction mm-hmm. in this it, it, it definitely is theatrical but it's really good because it's in, done in the hands of yeah. the best people i mean laurence olivier is laurence olivier he, he's yeah he's dude. dynamite <laughs> he's the man um peter ustinov he is so excellent in those scenes with Charles Lawton. Apparently mm-hmm. he wrote all the dialogue in the scenes he does with Charles Lawton. Oh wow. The snails and oyster scenes are my is my favorite, of course, but like the, the scenes between uh, Lawton and Ustinov are also my favorites because like it's just like great philosophical dialogue they're having between uh-huh. each other. Yeah. Like at one point Charles Lawton, he he's surrounded by all these slave women. And he treats them really well. Uh huh. Um, and if they're still slaves, of course, which is horrible. But apparently, he gives them a good home, and, and all, all he does is ask them to cook for him, but they also have to service him sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't force himself on them, but they just, you know, I guess because he's so sort of grandfatherly and nice that they, they just do it willingly. Yeah. Um, and he goes on this speech about how he's the most virtuous man in Rome, that he will never take a marriage vow because he knows he can't keep it. And Peter Ustinov is. Really excellent being the groveling jerk mm-hmm. um, while also being in it for himself. He he does it with both Charles Lawton and Lawrence Olivier later yep. in the film. Yep. Um, he's trying to make this deal to like give him Spartacus. It, Peter Usinoff is awesome.
0: He's trying to help the people, yeah. but also help himself. Help himself, you know, that's right. He's, he's looking out for number one, yep. and then trying to help some other people <laughs> along the way, <laughs> if he really can. Good, a really good
1: juxtaposition of, of, of this
0: character. Really well-written mm-hmm. character. Pretty good stuff, mm-hmm. man. Uh, is that it, then? I think so. Yeah, that, yeah that's about I, I it for hit all my points, man. Right. All right, would you recommend it? Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, look, I... We said at the top about like, you know, the, the kind of historical context of this and, and that, that if you like Stanley Kubrick, I, I think that in terms of Stanley Kubrick, there's all this talk about like, you know, if you need to be a completist of someone's filmography with Stanley Kubrick, he didn't make enough films for you to not to be a completist. Not really.
0: Yeah. I mean, what did he make like. Eight, nine films? It's 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 not it's not a Scorsese
1: or Woody Allen output here. I mean it it was a
0: short it was a fairly short window. Well he would go years before between movies. Like especially the second half of his career. Right. He went like sixteen years or Fifteen years between Full Metal Jacket and Eyes Wide Shut. Something it was like twelve that? years. Twelve years, and it was.
1: I think it was twelve years before that between like Barry Lyndon and and uh, yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. So yeah, he, he just he, he's not just churning them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to see everything the man did, mm-hmm. and even the one that he maybe like disavows, which is Spartacus, still see it because it's just a good movie, and it's and it's a good old Hollywood epic.
0: It's definitely good. I would recommend it too mm-hmm. for for all the same reasons. Yes. and I was pretty surprised with like how well done this movie is right and and you've already touched on it the talent both behind and in front of the screen yep i mean it shines totally i mean that that's why this movie is so good yep even though it's kind of this classic old hollywood sweeping epic right that everyone's fucking sick of yes <laughs> um sword and sandals oh we've been there done that uh-huh it's pretty good yeah it's a nice classic film you should check out and uh i would recommend it absolutely mm-hmm. So that wraps up the show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. If you don't use iTunes, you can find us on any other podcatcher anywhere on the Internet. Just look for Dudes on Movies and you'll find us. Or go to dudesonmovies.com and you'll find anything you need right there.
1: That's right. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Dudes on Movies. We'll come right up. Facebook is where we do most of our interaction with listeners, and we really appreciate all the listeners Mm -hmm. who, who have, like, you know, uh, left comments for us and and you know talked about like the the supplemental material we would mm-hmm. post it's it's so good and, and it, it it makes us want to keep going yeah. so
0: it's amazing I love it I love it too so coming up next is October mm-hmm. so of course you know the dudes are doing horror movies for yeah. october we don't have a name for the horror movie month. We're workshopping a few Ma- things. Maybe maybe the listeners can help us. Perhaps. Will you guys come up with some stuff? Yes. Please, do it. ValDudasNacht is already taken. But, B- yeah, That's but, already one uh, on the short list, but, but you know. I, I don't, don't know what the fuck he's talking about, <laughs> but <laughs> right. we're not using it. Yeah. <laughs> Ween. I don't uh, know. Like, yeah. that just sounds pretty dumb. <laughs> right. All Hollows, Dude. Yeah. I have no clue. But <laughs> if you have some ideas, go to the Facebook page and uh, post on our page and let us know. Right. Next week, we're going to do 2012's The Lords of Salem, directed by Rob Zombie. Get ready, everybody. Yep. So that's the show. Thanks for listening, folks. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time.